Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. So briefly, uh, just say this with me, um, because I, I think I want to use this for a text and for, for a title of this text. And it, it'll make more sense in a little bit, but just, just say this with me. You can't have my back if you don't have God's heart. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can't have my back. If you don't have God's heart, as we step into this picture, I want us to peer into the chamber of this king's inner circle. Uh, what's so amazing about this text is the fact that it is not just the people who are seated that's important, but you got to see and notice what's not there in the full picture. The Bible says that Saul the king was in his usual place and, and he had Abner sitting closer to him than his own son Jonathan who was sitting across from his father Saul. David's seat was empty but he was not present when he normally was. You see, God will never wanted his people to have a king in the first place. So let me go back just very quickly here because God wanted to be the king of the nation. He not only wanted to be their savior and bringing them out of Egypt, he also wanted to be their king. He called Israel his son. He said, I wanted Israel, my son, to come and worship me. But the people wanted a king. Why? Because they wanted to be like the other nations so that a king could go out and fight for them. Uh, let me tell you something, saints of God. The people wanted an entitlement mentality because they didn't want to fight for themselves. Uh, so they wanted a king so that they can be like the other nations. Uh, I'm telling you right now, it's a sad day for a Christian when we want to be like other people. We want to be like everybody in the world. Uh, we want to act like, talk like, be like all of the people that you see on Facebook and on social media when we should look like the Lord. So they wanted a king so that they can be like the other nations and the old prophet Samuel. You know Samuel. Samuel was set apart from his young age. The same Samuel that was in the temple and he heard the voice of God and he didn't quite know what it was. So he went to that backsliding Eli and Eli was supposed to be a good judge and a good prophet. But Eli was backslidden and because he was backslidden, his children backslid. And so Samuel was hearing the voice of God. And even though Eli was backslidden, he also tried. Samuel how to hear the voice and he came back the third time he said it is the Lord what is he saying and this young prophet has to tell this old prophet about his sin that's when you know that's the Lord because you know he had to be nervous to say thus saith God that's when you know it's a word from the Lord you when you get a word from the Lord it makes you tremble when you have to give a word to somebody, you go, oh, God, I just want this to be right. Oh, God, I, I don't know if I should give this word. Oh, God, I don't know these people. Amen, somebody. But you know God will work on you so strong in your shanana that you got to go and say what God has said. Am I talking to the right church? And so this is Samuel. The Bible said that not one of Samuel's words fell to the ground. You know what that means? That means when Samuel gave a prophecy, you can bank on it. 
Nothing fell to the ground. This was a strong man of God. This was the man of God who was told by the Lord, go ahead and give them a king. But you warned them what's going to happen to them, that this king was not going to be a good king. I wanted to be their king, but they didn't reject you. They rejected me. Tell them exactly what's going to happen to them if they put a man over them. And Samuel began to give them the word, and, and they received the word. But here's what's interesting, saints of God. They knew they had the right voice but they still made the wrong choice you can have the right voices in your life but that doesn't mean you're going to make the right choices come on somebody and we got to check who's in our inner circle uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 8 verse 1 the, it said nevertheless the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel and said no but we will have a king over us. Write this down, people of God. The people heard the right voice, but they still made the wrong choice. The people heard the right voice, but they still made the wrong choice. And I'm afraid there are so many people searching for truth today, but when they hear it, they reject it. I get it all the time. I'm, I'm trying to find me a church that's preaching truth. But then when they get there, they don't like it because truth will find you out. I'm trying to find me a church that know how to worship, but you don't worship. Don't lift your hands. Don't even get involved in worship. Don't pray. Oh, I just need me a spiritual church, but you act like you in the world. Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about it. I, I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. Because I'm telling you, saints of God, we got to check who's in our inner circle because some people have been hearing the right voices, but they still make the wrong choices. You can hear the right voice in church, but you can still make the wrong choice. Come on, somebody. But then, then the whole problem is the church. Oh, there was something wrong with that pastor. Why? Because he wanted you to live right? Yeah, a score of the people leave this church, but I'm going to still teach truth. Uh, no, saints of God, I, I have to be accountable to the Father. Right? The Bible is clear. Truth is the only thing, what? That will set you free. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 19, that the people finally admitted they had made a mistake in wanting a king. Isn't that interesting? However, they confessed their sins, but they failed to remove King Saul. So write this down. Confession without action is still disobedience. Confession without action is still disobedience. Saul, 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 Saul was a tall man. He was a good looking man. So on the outside, uh, you would think that he had visually all of the aspects of what a good king would be. But just because you look good on the outside don't mean you have the character on the inside. And that was Saul's issue. He looked good on the outside, but he didn't have the character to carry him as a king on the inside. Saul could have made good choices. He had the right voices in his life with Samuel. Samuel even told Saul, listen, you, we're going to anoint you king. And the first thing I want you to do, the Lord says, I want you to kill the Amalekites. Amalekites. Now, the Amalekites were the people who attacked the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt and they didn't even know how to fight. So they ambushed the children of Israel and God said, I won't forget. So now we fast forward to King Saul and Samuel gives King Saul a word. He said, I want you, go, I want you to go and defeat the Amalekites. He said, listen, kill everything. Let me tell you something, saints. 
We don't kill all of our enemies. We still keep that one up under the bed that God told us to get rid of. And we keep that phone number, you know, in your phone book. Uh, you just you threw a line through it, but you can still read the number. And there are some enemies in our lives that God is telling you to kill every enemy in your life. But you still want to keep them around like King Saul. Oh, I know I'm preaching better than y'all clapping right now. God says, kill all of your enemies. And King Saul didn't do it. He kept King Agag, Agag and, and then he kept some of the choice sheep, but he was supposed to kill everything. And here's the thing about pride. Pride would get in your heart and make you be, succumb to an illusion to think that you're doing something right when you're doing something wrong. And so he was not supposed to keep anything from the Amalekites. And then when Samuel delayed just a little while from coming to him, he made a monument to himself. Uh, he began to make sacrifices. He was a king, but he wasn't a priest. Uh, he was not supposed to make sacrifices to the Lord. So when Samuel came walking up, he said, what have you done? King Saul says, I did exactly what the Lord asked me to do. I did exactly what the Lord has asked me to do. And you guys know the story. Samuel said, no, you didn't. You've been disobedient, and because of that, God has found another man. And this is where we get these words. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Saints of God, it's demonic to be rebellious. It is demonic to be rebellious. It is as the sin of of witchcraft the prophet explained to Saul that because he refused to obey the voice of God God had already rejected him as king and chosen another and we know who that man was it was David after this Samuel never appeared again with King Saul until the, at the end of his life listen to me carefully your present circle of friends is a photograph of your future Your present circle of friends is a photograph of your future. Who's in your inner circle? You got to watch the people who are influencing you, the people who are speaking in your ears, because your ears is the gateway to your heart. And you can't listen to everybody, boo-boo. You can't be on everybody's social media page. You can't be listening and reading stuff you have. You have no reason to be reading. Come on, somebody. You shouldn't even be looking at different shows that you shouldn't be. Come on. Yeah, that's that Holy Ghost preaching. Oh, yeah, that's Holy Ghost preaching because you shouldn't be looking at people having sex all over the place and a man kissing a man and a woman laying down with another woman. You shouldn't have nothing in you that like anything like that. You should get instantly convicted and say, I can't watch this mess. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is a fire-breathing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You'll be the main one that's all messed up talking about, I need prayer. <laughs> See, you should have killed that enemy, but you left him alive in your house. 
Let me transition a little bit. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Just give me just a couple of more minutes, a couple of more minutes. So I want to talk about the different seats in his inner circle really quickly here that as I begin to read the word and, and God just begin to expose some things from my own personal life. And I hope that you will get something out of it as well. But the first seat that I that I that began to come to my mind was Samuel, because Samuel was never even mentioned to be around the man of God, the man, the king, because you would think that Samuel would be the the one that would provide the best counsel but Samuel wasn't around because the king didn't want counsel it's a sad day when you don't want counsel so Samuel represents the voice of wise counsel these other people when I begin to think about that and I begin to think about my mama See, see, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't like church, not because church was bad. I didn't like church because I was bad. See, my testimony is completely different. I, I didn't care about the church being bad. I knew I was. And I wasn't going up in there because God was in there. Right? Because usually when I went to church, I was probably hungover, just coming out of the club. I had a problem with alcohol, but my mama wanted me to come to church, and I, I, mama, I don't know I won't come today. And mama said, you better get to church, boy. Because my mama, let me tell you something about mothers. Mothers don't care if you are drugged, drunked up. You better get your butt to church when mama said get to church. Amen. You better sit there hungover and all like I was. Amen. And let me tell you something, saints. When people say people in the world can't feel God, that's a lie. That is a lie. That's a bone-faced lie. I would sit there, boy, stuff would just sweat. Would just come out of me, man. And I'm and I'm trying to not sit by the saints because you know when you've been drinking, you smell, you know you smell. Oh, you don't know you you stink. Come on now. I, I'm an old pro, so you stink, but you don't smell it. So everybody else is like, child. And you know, I went to one of those churches that had old church mothers. Oh, my God, we need some more church mothers. I tell you what, if you get mad at my preaching, you get around a church mother, they're going to they they wear you out, right? Because old church mothers, they have no filter. They're going to say, boy, you've been drinking. <laughs> Come on, Mother Wilson, don't be. I'm back here on the down low. Mama don't even know I'm here yet, right? And so when I think about wise counsel, I think about people who are willing to tell you what you need to hear even though you don't want to hear it. See, that's wise counsel. See, you got to have some friends in your inner circle that's not going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. You need to get your life right. You need to stop dating him. Oh, there we go. There we go. See, your heart is already in it, but I'm already telling you that he's not good for you. Or you have friends that say, you know what? You need to stop tripping because that man is for you. Or that woman is for you. Wise counsel, somebody. Wise counsel other people that you like sometimes you don't Ooh, I'm just I don't even want to go there because they're going to tell you what you need to hear come on somebody touch your heart and say God I need some wise counsel around me see this is this is the seed of Samuel Samuel represents wise counsel and when you refuse to receive wise counsel then there's nothing but the counsel of demons uh, there's nothing but the counsel of the world uh, when you keep pushing back the voice of God there's nothing but the voice of the devil that you're going to hear the king was so messed up that later on when God rejected him we find the king going to a witch <laughs> <laughs> 
in Endor. The man has gotten so desperate to hear from God that he went to a witch. He was the king of Israel. He was supposed to be the man of God of all of Israel. But when God had rejected him because he had already rejected God and he rejected sound counsel. And now he's going to a witch. He's going to somebody reading tarot cards and he's going to a palm reader. And if you are a Christian and you go to these people, that just shows how demonic you are. Because these people cannot contact God. They can only contact Satan. That's why they can only go in your past. They can't really tell your future. They'll tell you a bunch of nonsense that sounds good. But they can only tell the past because demons have been following us all of our lives. So they should know something about us. So they will say, this is what your grandmama felt. Oh, my God, that is my grandmother. Well, that should be because there's been demons around grandmama for all of her life. Yep. <laughs> right? They study your life, saints. Yep. There's nothing big about that, but that don't make it God. You know, we got so-called Christian. Come on. We got these so-called Christian uh, readers that are supposed to be reading Christian. Some churches have put some of them on their staff. Oh, yeah, it's right there in Atlanta. So, so, so listen, 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 saints. So listen, don't, don't, don't be taken by this. Just stay in the word of God. Right? So this is how messed up the man had gotten when he was rejected by God and he was listening to the wrong voices. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14 says, where there's no, where there's no counsel, the purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Come on, saints of God. There's safety when people love you to tell you the truth. There's safety when you go to a church that's going to tell you the truth. I'm not here to pat you on the back so that you can go out and sin and fornicate and come in here and feel good about giving a tie check. I'm more interested in your soul than your money. Listen, I can get money. I, ain't, I don't have to have yours. God will bless this church in spite of you. I don't have to worry about that. No, I'm interested in souls. And if we can't save souls, then why are we here? Our purposes must be sure. The place must be pure. And our hearts must be right. Hello, somebody. And so this is not, this is not just with me. Everybody from the pulpit to the pews got to live right. Come on. We got to be secretly holy and privately devout. Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the most same thing, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Isn't this amazing? When you remove God's voice, there's only the voice of demons. Let me take you to the word real quick here. First Kings. Go to First Kings with me. I want to show you something really quickly here. And then we're going to move to the next seat real quick. First Kings chapter 12. I'm going to start reading while you turn there. First Kings 12 verse 3. No, for the sake of time, I'm going to go to verse 6. Okay. So it said, the, then King Rehoboam consulted to elders, the elders who stood before his father Solomon, because Rehoboam was Solomon's son, and this is after Solomon's death, and uh, Rehoboam took over after Solomon. So it says that, um, that uh, Rehoboam consulted the elders who stood before his father Solomon while he still lived, and he said, 
how do you advise me to answer these people? So here it is. These, these elders, these wise men were around Solomon, and now they are around Rehoboam. So Rehoboam has to make a decision about Jeroboam. I don't have time to go back and tell you all of that, what was happening here, but there was a, a tough decision that Rehoboam had to make about Jeroboam. And so he went to the elders. You see this here. He went to his wise counsel. But look, look what happened. And he said to them, what advice do you give? How should we answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, lighten the yoke which your father placed on us? Verse 10, then the young men who had grown up with the king spoke to him, saying, thus you should speak to this people who have spoken to you, saying, your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter on us. Thus you shall say to them, my little finger shall be thicker than your father's waist. In other words, that's a huge insult. So what happened is, instead of taking the wise counsel from the elders, notice these were young men who grew up with him. So in other words, these were people he, were, he was comfortable with because these were the guys who said what they thought he wanted to hear. Oh, come on, somebody. But in wise counsel, they're not just going to say what they think you want to hear. They're going to give you the truth. So you have to be careful about having yes men and yes women in your life. These are people who agree with everything. Everybody, if, if, if everybody is agreeing, somebody's not thinking. There should be somebody in your life that say, hey, you might want to step back on that one. I might not have an answer right now, but I know what you're getting ready to do is not right. <laughs> Amen? And so don't lie. Don't front. Right? But you, in your inner circle, it is important to make sure that we get the right voices. We need the voices that brings conviction. Hello, somebody. Don't, don't. See, listen, listen. I, 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 um, mm, this is on Facebook. So, I... <laughs> I, I love getting an encouraging word. I do. I, I like it. I like it. I think it's great. But because of the kind of man that I am, I need a word that's going to convict me. Amen. I, I, don't, I need somebody to tell me you're wrong. Right? Because if I get this little soft word, then it's not going to really affect me. Right? So I have to have people in my life that's going to tell me what I need to do, when I need to do it, regardless of how I feel about it. Amen, somebody. That's why we need pastors who have an accountability council. These are the men or women of God that they place over their lives. So if they do make a mistake, if they do commit a sin, they can fall back on their accountability partners who can help mend them and restore them. But when you don't have that in place, you'll keep on sinning and keep on preaching. You'll keep on doing the things that you know is against God, but you're still in the pulpit. But then before long, you get stripped. God will strip the coat off so that God, everybody can see who you really are. And then all of a sudden you see them on the news. But it's not all of a sudden. It's just all of a sudden to you. But you knew something was wrong. All right, all right, all right, all right. Say, Lord, place wise counsel around me. 
Abner was the one that was close to the man of God, the, the king there, but he wasn't a man of God at this time. The king, it was Abner, not Jonathan. David wasn't around. Samuel wasn't around. Now, Abner was a strange man. Abner, Abner is the one that represents foolish voices because Abner was a two-faced, double-minded joker. Abner was all about himself. Abner was the kind of person who would speak good words to you and try to get on your good side. But as soon as he see a better deal, he's going to cut and run. The Bible said that Abner, even before Saul died, that he already cut a covenant with David. He had already gone to David and said, look here, David, I'll kill the king for you. If you just take care of me and mine. That's Abner. See, you don't need double-minded, two-faced people around you. Come on. Those are the people who tell you, girl, go ahead and do it. And then they're the ones that stab you in the back. Uh-huh. Abner. Somebody said, get Abner away from me, Lord. See, you don't need somebody like that. You don't need double-minded people. You need some people that are strong, some people that will hold you up, some people that will come to you when you know you've hit your, your lowest point and they won't talk bad about you. That's, that's the people you need around you. Come on, somebody, because you're not going to be on the mountain all the time. You're going to be in some valleys, and, and you need some people who can come to you in the valley, and they're not going to throw the Bible at you. They're not going to speak words that you need to get yourself together, but there are going to be people who come alongside of you and say, hey, I got faith enough for both of us. We're going to walk out of this thing together. I'm not going to leave you in this cave by yourself. Come on, somebody. Abner, Abner, Abner was the same one. He was over the king's army. So he was supposed to protect the king. And there was a time, you know, when Saul was after David that, that Saul was, you know, Saul was kind of crazy. He was crazy to kill David. He wanted to kill David. That was all on his mind. And so one time they was chasing after David. They were tired. So they fell asleep out in this ravine. And David crept up on him. Y'all know David was like smooth. <laughs> David was smooth. Because he, he's like a little short. Short people are smooth. They, okay, T's sitting down. So, so David, David crept up, grabbed the king's spear that was by his head. And slipped up out of there. And when the king woke up, David said he had his spear. And he looked around, and Abner was asleep. See, let me tell you something, saints. You don't need people who are spiritually asleep in your inner circle. You need somebody that's going to wake in the middle of the night and begin to get on their knees and begin to intercede because they saw you in their hearts. And they're not going to lay on their bed of affliction. They're going to get on their knees and, and fall out on the floor and begin to weep for you in the middle of the night because they're not going to stay asleep when they know they should be praying for you. And Abner was asleep when he was supposed to protect the king. And, and you can't tell me that you got my back when you don't have God's heart. I don't want any Abners around me. So pray with me. Father, give me discernment so I can see every Abner in my life right now. See, you, you, you don't need people who are spiritual asleep. 
in your life. You, that's why a wife needs a praying husband. That's why a husband needs a praying wife. See, I got to have a praying woman in my life because the enemy is always trying to do something in my life. I got to have somebody. I got to have a praying church who, who covers me in prayer, who just don't want me to be a perfect man, but you cover me in prayer. I got to be around praying individuals. I got to have a, a praying family. Come on, somebody. Somebody's going to get a prayer through. I don't want people around me that spiritually asleep. They're asleep. They can't even get up out of their beds. They, they claim that they got the power of God and they can rebuke devils, but they won't push pork chops back. They won't fast and they won't pray because they're spiritually asleep. Their appetites are not right. Come on, somebody. We got to have people around us when they, when they look at you in your eyes and they say, I am praying for you. And you know right away, I know you're praying for me. And it doesn't become a Christian cliche uh, that somebody just says something to get you out of their faces. I know I'm preaching better than y'all letting on right now. I came to tell somebody today that you don't need people in your inner circle who are spiritually asleep. If you don't have God's heart, you can't have your family's back. If you don't have God's heart, you can't have your spouse's back. If you don't have God's heart, you can't have your children's back or your pastor's back. See, you got to have God's heart so you can get people's back. The Bible said in Proverbs 18, two fools have no interest in understanding. Psalms 14 and 1 says, a fool said in his heart, there is no God. See, see, a fool says there's no hell. A fool says you don't have to go to church. A fool says, come on, why are you living right? A fool says, I marry who I want to marry. You don't have nothing to do with this. That's a fool. That's what the Bible says, not me. I'm just saying that if you don't want to follow God, the Bible is clear. It calls you a fool. Amen. Jonathan represents the distant voice because Jonathan was his son. And he was supposed to be close to his father, but he treated Jonathan just like he treated David. See, let me tell you something, saints. It doesn't matter how God promotes you. Don't leave your family behind. Don't pass yourself off as all of that now that you're the king, that God has blessed you and given you great things and responsibility, and you leave your family behind. Listen, I don't care how, how much God blesses you. You better spend time with your spouse. You better spend time with your children. I don't care how big the church is or how small the church is. Your first church is your family. That's why everybody in here know what date night is. What night? Friday. You better know it. Don't call me on Friday night. And then Caitlin said Thursday because Caitlin got her date night too. I'm married to two. I got a boo and a boo thing. <laughs> Amen. And she knows until she gets married, she belongs to me. Amen. She's got the ring to prove it. Amen. And she'll take off my ring and put on the ring of her husband. But right now, she belongs to me. I'm her prayer warrior. I'm her kinsman redeemer right now. Hello, somebody. But on that day, I'm going to turn her over. Hello, somebody. <laughs> I'm going to say she's yours now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Right? Right? Amen. You can't forget about your family. I know so many people that are just preaching and going all over the place, preaching, 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 and the marriage is all messed up and the kids don't even want to go to church. Why? Because they did not take the time to make sure that the family was close to them. And in their inner circle, you need to have at least your family. Let me tell you something. When we started this church, it was just us three. And when we would have Bible study, it was us three. And I started on time. Elaine will be coming in late. Uh, whew, I got to get here. I said, baby, I was getting ready to preach to the seats. 
Well, she knows. We, come on now. Come on. Come on. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Yeah, I know. But you would be busy doing other stuff, and you would come on in there. Come on. Come on. Tell it. Tell it. <laughs> That's how I remember it anyway. So, 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 we, <laughs> so we would start. Then, then, matter of fact, Tim and T crept up in there, and they didn't leave, amen, and a couple of other folks, Richard and Sharon and Jatana, you know, and they, they started coming up in there. Man, we was like, man, we're doing good because we got eight people. We were excited about it. See, y'all don't understand. When you start from nothing, see, this is why when I see all of you, I'm blessed of the Lord. I know how it was when we had nothing. Amen. That's what an apostle does. An apostle can start from nothing and build it up and it's sustainable. You can't even. That's not even a seal. The seal of an apostle is to build up something that can carry on even when you're gone. That's the seal. So that's what we have here. Come on, somebody. So you got to take care of your family. So no matter how much you get blessed, don't push your family away. Continue to pray for them. They might still be in the crack house. Pray for them. Amen. Don't ever give up on them. You're still family, right? They still out there tripping in the streets. Pray for them. They might not have anybody else praying for them but you. Don't give up on your family. Come on, somebody. And then the last seat. This is the last seat, and I'm done. The last seat was actually an empty seat. It was David's seat. So we're listening about the inner circle, right? So Samuel wasn't there. That's wise counsel. Those are the voices of wise counsel. Abner was there. That's the voice of a fool. You don't want to listen to him. Amen. But then Jonathan was there. But he wouldn't even listen to his own family. Sometimes your family can give you wise counsel. But we don't even listen to them sometimes. Now, sometimes they can give you some stuff too, right? So you have to use discernment. But then David's seat was empty. See, this is the seat that represents the missing voice. It's the missing voice because this seat was empty. David wasn't a perfect man. Come on, we all know David, David had some proclivities in his life that, that went down to his sons. But Solomon was one of the world's worst with a thousand women. So I, I, I can't even... I, I can't, even, I, can't even, I can't even think like that. I can't even think what to do with a thousand women because I got one and I, I'm, shoot. <laughs> that brother had a thousand, right? I, I, I can't even wrap my mind around that. So, so David, David wasn't a perfect man, but David was a man of passion. Couldn't nobody beat David at repenting. David would just fall out on you, repenting. Come on, David, give me a clean heart, oh God. Oh! In me a right spirit. David would just fall out on you. And, and man, man, I'm telling you, that was David. He was a passionate man, but the Bible says that David had God's heart. He wasn't a perfect man, but he was a man after God's heart. The Bible said that David served God's purposes for his generation. Come on, somebody. So this was the empty seat. See, David was, among all things, a worshiper. See, empty worship produces empty lives. And see, when the seat of worship is empty, you can't even get through to God. So you need to have some people around you that know how to worship. Come on, somebody. Some people around you that are spiritual people. Hello. Hello. Y'all know what I'm saying? I'm talking about the right spiritual because we know that people say, well, they're so, so spiritually minded. They're so heavily minded. They're no earthly good. I know people say that, right? But let me tell you something. I want heavily minded people around me. Right. Because that's where my mind is. Think on these things. Set your mind on things and not on the. So we should have a heavenly mind, not an earthly 
mind. So the people who are saying this are people who don't even know God. Because we're supposed to have a heavenly mind. Come on, somebody. Because if you don't have a heavenly mind, you will be no earthly good. How are you going to help people on the earth when you don't even know the heart of God? And how are you going to have my back when you don't have God's heart? Amen? Is this, is this all right? So you need some spiritual-minded people around you in your inner circle. Those are the ones, see, this is when I begin to think about my life. Those are the people that you go around. They convict you without saying a word. Y'all you got some people like that? You go around them, and they, you just go, ooh, I hope they don't say anything. <laughs> right? Those are people that are people. I got people like that right now. When I talk to John DeVries, man, he's just so smart. You know, and I call him up on the phone, and we're talking. I'm like, man, he just won't. I, I just, man, I just want to pull over, just pull the Bible out and just start studying right now. Because he can just say stuff in a way, and I go, wait, hold on, John. What? That's, that's in the Bible? That's how he says stuff to me. He'll just drop stuff on me. You need people like that in your life. People who drives you to the word of God. People who drives you to live right. Come on, somebody. You need somebody to tell you, listen, you need to get this thing right in your life. Right? Somebody that's not going to allow you to live status quo. Somebody's going to push you to your next level, not pull you up. I'm an apostle, so I'm on the bottom. I'm on the, I'm the foundation. Because the foundation is built on apostles and prophets. That means you're on the bottom. I'm not trying to pull you up. I'm pushing you up. Because the foundation has never been on the top of the house. That, that's a crazy looking house. You might find that in Orlando, but you ain't going to find that in the kingdom. I know that. Is this making sense at all? Right? So you got to have some spiritual people around you in your inner circle. If you got the wrong people in your inner circle, I'm telling you, you're going to be listening to the wrong voices and you're going to make the wrong choices. Is this making sense at all? I was talking fast and I apologize, but I wanted to just get this little bit out. But I just I, I believe that the Lord right now wants us to do an assessment so that we can peer into our inner circle. Because in that picture, I want you to see your King Saul. And when you're looking around, who's around you? Who's Abner? Who's close to you? Who are the people that you can confide in? Who are the people that you know when you go to them, they're going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear? If you don't have people like that in your life, you need to find people like that. And let me just say this last thing. Let me close my Bible because I'm done. There are people who get sound advice, but they ignore it. And here's what I've learned about God. If you keep ignoring sound advice, God will stop talking. And he'll leave you right there. And guess what? You won't even hear his voice until you go back to that original conversation and get it right where you rejected him in the first place so that you can continue to hear his voice. Is this making sense at all? Right? So I just want us to think for a second and think about who's in our inner circle. I had to make some tough choices when I got saved. I couldn't have the same people in my inner circle. Amen? Right? You can cut this T. So here's the deal, and I'm done. Sometimes you have to cut people off that you're real close to. Now listen, I'm not talking about you. 
I'm talking about John Lofton. I knew I wanted to be closer to God. But I also knew if I kept running with my boys and neglecting things at home, all I knew they were going to do is keep me running back to the club, drinking, doing stuff I had no business doing. So sometimes you have to cut people off, including family. Now, I had to cut off my best friend. I was close to him. He was closer to me than a brother. But I had to cut him off. It wasn't like I cut him off and didn't pray for him or anything like that. But I had to cut him off because, saints, I had to stay saved. See, you, you get salvation, but it must be maintained. You're not saved all the time. You can lose it. And if you don't believe it, you read the Bible that said, if I put your name in the book, God said, I'll take your name out of the book. You best believe you can lose it. So it must be maintained. There are some things we have to do that God is not going to do. And that's the part of Christianity that a lot of Christians don't realize because they go to seeker-sensitive churches and they get that cotton candy message that, oh, you at church now, you okay. No, you probably getting ready to die and go to hell. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.